Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. No. No. I said no, Max. No. You're mean. No. Maxwell. How many times? Hey, we're here. It's 10.22. Let's pretend it's 10 o'clock and we've just hit the reset button. You can talk about anything you want to. 0344 499 1000. Anything you want to except you know what. Because frankly, we've just lost 20 minutes to it and I'm not sure whether we're ever going to get that time back. In fact, we're we're never going to get that time back. So let's press on. Uh, You can give me a ring. 0344 499 1000. It's just me tonight because uh, Ian is splashing about in a hot tub somewhere and quite frankly, he deserves that. Uh, We can talk about hitting the reset button on life. Has there ever been a moment where you would love to just be able to go, I hit that red button, we can go back to just before then and I can either avoid catastrophe or do things differently? What would be yours? 0344 499 1000. And have you ever been an accidental peeping Tom? I'm really kind of referring to the most interesting thing that happened in Parliament today, which was about 20 arses that hadn't been employed to be there turned up and pressed themselves against the window. Apparently they glued themselves to the window, which I think is a little bit much, but, you know, they're nothing if not thorough. So the last time you were an accidental peeping Tom... 0344 499 1000. I'm sure it's never happened to Alan Caddick. He is nothing but the soul of discretion. Alan Caddick. Hi, Kat. Yo, yo, yo. I've had my aim fixed today. Oh, have you? Because he was on the chase. 
Oh, was he now? It was a repeat. Okay. It was the Yama Celebrity Special he did with Shappy, Jenny and Stanley Johnson. Oh, I remember that, because some of the women got terrible time on Twitter after that, people saying they were useless, etc. Very cruel. Well, that's no way to talk about Shappy and Jenny. Mm-hmm. Even though they got beat by the vixen. Did they? Yeah. Oh. How would you feel about going on that show? You'd probably be pretty good, wouldn't you, with your power of recall? Well, it, it depends. If I can press the button early and put the chase on a bicycle person delay... I would love to go up against the beast. Right. Because? Because a battle of the big boys. Uh-huh. Anyway, it's a big week for me this week, Kath. Tell me why. The Grand National will be Saturday, on Saturday. Oh, is it again? Yeah, the Grand National's on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, there's 69 horses confirmed, but only 40 can one on Saturday. Right. And so where are you going to put your money if you're putting your money anywhere? Well, the current favourite at the moment is last year's winner, Tiger Wall, at 7 to 2. And there's one horse I fancy called What the Casbah. Oh, right. I know it sounds like an 80s throwback. It certainly does, but it's, it's an actual horse. Yeah. OK, why'd you fancy it? Nice because legs. Because he's got the champion jockey Richard Johnson on board. Ah, does that make a difference, really, or is it just about um, the skill of the horse? Well, it's. Well, with the lottery, anything can. With the national, I meant to say, anything can happen. Yeah. I mean, look at my man in 2009. He was 100 to 1, and there hasn't been a 100 to 1 winner at that time since Fine Haven. Right, okay. And and, and what was special about. All right, no, I'm not going to ask because I, I, I really don't understand it. Why do you like the Grand National so much? Because it was the first race I saw when I was a young lad. And I've fallen in love with it ever since. Uh-huh. And you've been to the actual... You've been to the race, haven't you? You don't just watch yeah, it on I've telly. Yeah, I've been to Aintree. Mm-hmm. Are you going this year? No, I'm watching it on commercial television. Right. But next year I'm having to do the whole three days and I shall be ringing live from Liverpool next year. Gosh, I can hardly wait. Are you going to be one of those people what? rolling about, you know, in the mud showing you gusset and stuff? Because that's what they always show in the papers. No, right, the picture of me was you know, a fake horse last time I was at Aintree. Of course they did. How could we ever forget? Because I didn't realise I was in the Nationals till I got home on the Sunday and somebody showed me. Somebody what? I didn't realise I was in the National paper till I got home on the Sunday. Yeah, and then somebody showed you? Yeah. Hey, Caddick, I've just remembered. Last time we spoke, you'd fallen out with your brother. Have you sorted it out yet? No, it's, it's still still not talking. And he, I tried to apologise, but he wasn't having any of it. Really? That's a shame. I thought you and, would... and he never and he never bothered to win me mum for Mother's Day. Oh blimey! Oh, bl- all because he asked you if you'd had a wash or not. Yeah. And you had had a wash. Yeah. And it was none of his business anyway. Oh no. Oh, it's a real shame that you've fallen out over that. It's the sort of thing that my kids fall out over. Yeah, like I say, who needs pleasant company? Which is 20 to 1 for this year's national. Excellent, excellent um, uh, rebound. Thanks very much for that, Alan Caddick. Nice to Take speak care. to you. Take care. Bye. Bye. There you go. Caddick proving there you can ring up about anything. Hang on, let's turn that off. 0344 Give me a ring for heaven's sake, otherwise it's going to be more of that. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. So here's the story that's got, you know, me thinking about nudity at this time of the night. I mean, frankly, it doesn't take a lot with me, but here we go. Uh, Extinction Rebellion activists strip off in the House of Commons Public Gallery to call attention to the elephant in the room. 
I'm looking along there. There's no elephant. Uh, and actually, they've not stripped off completely. Is there a law against getting your actual, like, kibbles and bits out um, in public in the House of Commons? Because they're all wearing pants, really. I mean, it's not really a naked protest if you're not going... I'm going to say it balls out. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. When was the last time you were um, an accidental peeping tom? I can tell you about the time it happened to me. Uh, it was uh, driving along uh, very early in the morning when I used to work on the breakfast show, and I used to go past this kind of row of houses, um, terraced houses, and usually at that time of the morning, like, f- like four in the morning, there would be no lights on. So you do notice when there's a light on upstairs kind of caught my eye and as I looked at the uh, the lighted window there was a man standing right there in front of obviously getting ready to go to work and thinking there's no one about for in the morning I can stride around like nature boy well I did see him so on that occasion I was the accidental peeping Tom I don't think I needed to get the night vision goggles out maybe that was a stretch too far but wasn't my fault that I saw him is what I'm saying so the times you've been an accidental peeping Tom please 0344 499 1000 and this idea of the reset button on life right We all have these moments where you wish something hadn't happened or you wish something had been handled differently and you can see that, you know, maybe you wasted a lot of time after an event trying to sort out the mess from the fallout from that particular thing or maybe it's a moment where you think, I didn't realise how lucky I was up until that point. That point is the moment at which things started to go a bit pear-shaped and then, you know, you kind of lost two, three years trying to get back to where you were. So that moment, I was kind of thinking about it a lot this weekend. Various things happened. Um, And one of them was going to my mum and dad's uh, to see my my mum, obviously, for Mother's Day. Um, And I was chatting to my mum and all of a sudden my dad comes out with this shopping bag with really good handles and that's what I noticed first of all we all want a shopping bag with nice handles on it um and my grand uh, my dad said oh by the way here's your grandma and my first thought was oh it's a good bag she'd be proud of that but it was my grandma's ashes were in there and I kind of realized that you know for the past five six years I've you know my last one my last grandparent died last year but it was kind of the beginning of the end, you know, those sort of the the elderly years of my grandparents and the fact that they, the relationship with them was changing and that they were being looked after more and they weren't quite, you know, the, you know, for instance, my uh, grandma Florence was always like a really kind of jolly kitchen type character who uh, seemed to be full of life and um, was a laugh and really sort of gentle and dignified. Um, and her and my granddad were kind of... Um, were kind of a comedy duo and then one got ill and the other one got ill and you realise you realise that uh, you're looking after them rather than the other way around and that kind of those innocent days where everything was groovy and you go around and see your grandma and granddad and have a laugh was kind of coming to an end but you don't realise it until it's done so yeah the reset button if I was going to do that maybe I'd hit it to to before that and and you can't change the way things are going to be but maybe with with a bit more hindsight I would make the most of of, of things being okay, you know, and go and see them more because we'd live miles and miles away from them and weekends fly by, especially when you've got little kids and you don't realise that, you know, while you're planning to go and see them in a couple of months' time, time is 
Time is ticking away. It's a stupid thing to say, really, isn't it? But it's only in retrospect you realise that you didn't have as much time as you thought you did. So the reset button, let's talk about that. Or it could be a reset button on something fun and you want to go back and do it again because it was just so brilliant. 0344-499-1000. We can have a look at the papers as well, of course. Um, I won't be talking about anything uh, Brexit-y. We can talk about some of the fun stuff. But, you know, the rules on this show, there really aren't that many. And if you want to have a gab and just kind of unpack what happened today... Uh, for you personally or you sort of mulling something over or something um, caught your eye that you fancy having a chat about I'm here 0344 499 1000 that's 0344 499 1000 here's a thing that I find interesting um, because I've got two little girls and sometimes the answer to when I had my second daughter uh, was oh do you not want a boy right which I've never understood. I didn't find out the gender of my kids. You know, arguably, you still don't know them until they decide it. But um, I didn't find out the gender of my kids uh, when they before they were born because I thought it was kind of none of my business and I should just deal with whoever they are when they pop out. Pop out! As if they popped out! Um, yeah, we're a little bit more tricky than that. Um, but uh, there are some people who really want to sort of control the sort of the nature of their family to the point where they would prefer to have a boy or a girl and you know and there are, sometimes there are cultural reasons for that and sometimes it's just a matter of wanting kind of these quote unquote the full set but here's a story that I found really interesting mother who was so obsessed with having a daughter it took over her whole life finally has a girl after 16 years of trying 16 years of trying and five sons. Uh, Lisa Martin, 42, from North London, dreamed of a girl after having five boys. Told partner Mark Lendori, 43, she wouldn't stop having babies till she had a girl. Says the desire for a daughter took over her life and she followed old old wives' tales. Finally had a daughter, uh, Raya, who is now three and rules the roost. I mean, 16 years... And six kids is a lot. During her obsession, as she puts it, the determined mum researched every possible method to try to change her look. She said, I tried everything I could to get my princess. I searched online, scouring forums and reading every old wives' tale out there. I discovered an acidic diet makes you more likely to have a daughter. So I started eating citrus fruits like oranges and had to ditch my favourites like salty crisps and spicy foods. I bought a pack of pH strips online and started testing my urine to see if my diet was acidic enough. When I found out it wasn't, I stocked up on more of the right foods and stopped eating the wrong ones. I also started taking magnesium supplements which are meant to help and had to plan when to have sex too. Many believe the Shettles method from the 1970s can help you conceive a particular gender. Dr Shettles found that female and male sperm have different characteristics and believed that female sperm were slower, fitter and would live longer than male sperm. So if you had sex earlier in the fertile window, they might still be alive to fertilise the egg, meaning you're likely to conceive a baby girl. Lisa said, I told my partner that we could do it when I was ovulating. I read that if we did, we'd probably end up having another boy. Instead, I restricted sex to only four to five days before ovulation. So she was like properly targeting everything towards having a, having a girl. The mum explained that when she was that while she was very keen to have a sixth child in the hope it would be a girl, her partner took some convincing. I bet he did. 
Lisa said, when I told him I wanted another child, he said there was no way we were going to have more. Let's just say I had to get the red wine to change his mind. Lisa admits the desire to have a girl took over her life. She said, I became obsessed. It was all I could think about. I wanted a daughter and felt like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't stop at anything to get one. Because I come from a very boy dominant family, even though I, uh, I, I even everyone thought I'd never have a girl, which made me more determined to prove them wrong. So she's eating acidic fruits, uh, foods in in order to have a girl. I had mine. I th- think my first baby was mostly made of sausage rolls, and the second one double deckers. So that's how I got my girls. Hello, Ken in Newcastle. Hey, good evening, Catherine. Good evening, and and what do we owe this pleasure? Yes, I would like to discuss about the this headlines in the Daily Mail, which I've read carefully. Knife crime, now a disease. Right. And then it states in the first paragraph at the top, knife crime must be treated like an infectious disease killing our children, Theresa May and Sajid Javid say today. What is the country coming to? Knife crime is not a disease. It is a violent, premeditated criminal act. In fact, it's a manifestation of the sinfulness in a person's heart. It's not a disease. Let's rewind a little bit. Do you think that everyone that carries a knife goes out there with the intention of stabbing and hurting someone? I would say the majority do. You don't think that you've got... Well, fear... Well, they want to they want to stab the person who might attack them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, can you imagine? Sides. Can you imagine living in an area where you feel like everyone else is armed? So, if you're not, you're at a disadvantage. Oh, I can certainly imagine it. Actually, a person who carries a knife is fearful. Mm. It's a co- only a coward would carry a knife. I rem- I'm 73. When I was younger, if there was a fight, if it was a hand-fist fight, there was no na- very little uh, knives involved. Now fear seems to be stalking the land. Lawlessness is increasing exponentially. There's an epidemic of lawlessness in the land. And what do you put that and- down to, apart from the devil? Well, I'll put that down to it's quite clearly the, the reason why this is happening. But there has been an increase in, in, in lawlessness and sin in the UK since the since this country is now rejecting and mocking Jesus Christ and the Bible. There's a consequence for rejecting the Bible and God. A lot of these lawlessness takes a, a lot of these young people who you're talking about being sinful and rejecting God have mothers that go to church every Sunday. Are they not praying hard enough? Well, that's another matter. We can't do that. We're not attacking people. Well, let's personally. gloss over that. Let's gloss over. No, that. no, I'm not glossing over that. I'm not glossing well, you over are. that. You, you are. They come no. from families that love them. They come from families where the, the mother, in particular, is a God-fearing woman and thinks she's doing her best. So, most of, why is most God letting that woman down? No, God isn't letting anybody down. Crime is committed by choice, not by God's decision. He could People, stop it, though, couldn't he? If he's all-powerful. We take responsibility, Ken, hello? Yeah, OK, but at some point, God has to intervene, doesn't he, if he's a loving God? No, no, God lets us... God won't, like, if you want to go to hell when you die, God will let you do it. He won't intervene. He'll send somebody to tell you he loves you and to warn you, but most people dis- disregard the warnings and go to hell. Mm-hmm. That's the choice we get. I mean, hell... God doesn't want, God doesn't want anybody to go to hell, Catherine. No, because it's bollocks. There is no such thing as hell, is there? Hell's hell's a medieval construct. There's nothing to do with the Bible. Of course not. Do you know who told us about hell? Jesus. He died for us. 
He died for you, Catherine, that you don't go to hell. Okay. He died for me, a sinner, that I don't go to hell. But it isn't but his idea that it's an absence of God, it's being far from God. It's not nothing to do with, like, red men and pitchforks, is it? No, but that's nothing to do with the Bible. That's a, a medieval nonsense. It's what I just the said. devil is a spiritual Listen. person. He is an, an evil angel originally called Lucifer. And he is at loose on this earth, and he has got demons who plague the human beings. You know why there's a big increase also here in uh, people who are uh, suicidal, their depression. There's been an epidemic right now because people are forgetting God. They turn to alcohol oh, and drugs. Ken, come on. This is why people drink and take and take drugs because they're unhappy. I used to do it. I'm not judging anybody. What did you used to do, Ken? Drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. And why was that? Because I was unhappy in my heart. About I had a wonderful what? Wife. I'd, uh, there was a, a void in my life. I was wonder, I had a wonderful wife, wonderful family, money, cars, houses. But there was something missing, Catherine. Mm-hmm. My relationship with my Creator, my relationship with Jesus. And when I when I turned from sin and asked God to forgive me 37 years ago, God changed my life and He gave me peace in my heart, mm-hmm. and which what I did, longed for. And what, and what did your wife and kids think about that? Oh, she he thought I was done back to mad. <laughs> she seen me instead of me walking around with a bottle of beer in my hand at home, I was walking around with the Bible. Mm-hmm. But she seen I'd become a better man. And she 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 began to seek the Lord and she converted about three months later to Jesus, not to her religion. Do you think that you oh, replaced oh, one um crutch with another? Say that again? Did you do you think you replaced one crutch with another? Oh, if Jesus is a crutch, I thank God for the crutch of Jesus. He saved my life. I've got peace in my heart, Catherine. I've got a purpose in my life. You seem happy. When I I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm not going to hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he loves you, Catherine. And he loves Ian. He loves James Whale. He loves Ash. He loves George Galloway. He loves Michael uh, Graham. But these men all reject Jesus. That's their choice. Well, that's your assumption, Ken. That's your assumption. well, at the moment, they're strongly against the Jesus of the Bible, but that's the choice no, we all No, they're not. Have. They just don't really believe in your interpretation of it, which does seem rather no, exclusive. No, they don't believe in Jesus, the saviour of the world. No. Not my interpretation. They I don't, don't think you listen, Ken. I think you talk a lot, but I don't think you listen. I'm listening to you. I'm replying to your questions. No, but you're not hearing what I'm saying to you. I hear what you say. You're anti-Christ. I've heard you and Ian talking. You know nothing about me. You're against Jesus. You know nothing about me, Ken. You're not interested either because it doesn't conform to your narrative because you have to be the saviour. No, I'm I'm telling you Jesus loves you. Thanks very much. I appreciate that. Love is good. 0344 499 1000. I mean, come on. Um, Someone's uh, texted me here, Worst of Brighton. I'm guessing not your real name. Intro music was good, but the cat being beaten up clip was very disturbing on headphones. You obviously haven't seen a very, very famous clip. It wasn't the cat being beaten up. I'm afraid it was the owner. Uh, and uh, in saying that Maxwell know you're mean was an understatement. 0344 It's going to be one of those shows, isn't it? You can give me a ring. Uh, and uh, you can text me at uh, 87222 and those texts will cost you 25p plus your standard network rate uh, or you can tweet me at talk radio or at flipping calf it'd be really nice to hear your voices though 0344 499 1000 that's 0344 499 1000 you're listening to talk radio 
The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech radio with a difference. Talk radio. Hello, Gerald. You're on. Gerald. Evening. Hello. Oh, evening, Cass. I didn't hear you say Gerald then. I said it very softly. I didn't want to startle you. How you doing? You all right? Yeah, not bad. You said it so softly, I thought I'd rang the different number. (laughs) (laughs) I could double check what I'd rang. That's that's fine. That's fine. That comes once I retire. I probably get paid more for that. (laughs) What have you got for us, Gerald? um, Just following up Ken's call. Yeah. It's inspirational, but it's more to do with being an accident or peeping Tom. Oh, yeah, go on. Yeah, so it's not as much as being a peeping Tom, but just an accidental starer. Oh, right, okay. um, So if you can try and picture the scene. Uh, We'd gone out... um, I worked in an office in Datchet near Slough. We'd gone out on a Friday after work, evening drinks. And uh, as you do, it's it's the summertime as well. And uh, there's about seven or eight of us in a pub garden, if you can picture that. And uh, as we all sat around the table, and um, there's one lady, girl, who went and... Obviously, it's summer, so she's just being a bit more revealing. You know, you can see a bit more cleavage, right, without being too sordid. And uh, everyone was talking, and I was just in my own world, and I was just daydreaming, and I just happened to be staring towards where her extra button was undone. And as I was staring, I realised that I was staring, but just as I did that, she did a button up on her brows. <laughs> and then, then that horrified me from there, because I, I thought... Straight away, I thought, oh, no, she knows I'm... St- she thinks I've been staring. I was actually staring towards her. Yeah. And maybe it's some sort of magnet. I don't know. <laughs> but you weren't <laughs> consciously looking at her back. two hours. <laughs> Did I you... couldn't bring it up. I couldn't... I was, I was thinking, oh, she's going to tell everybody now that I've been staring. I'm going to be the office pervert. And, but, um, yeah, wow. So. OK, well, that's your excuse, Gerald, and that's the one you're sticking to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... I didn't know what to do, so... Um, you didn't say anything to her clean. about it, though. I came clean a few days later. Good. And she was well all right about it. She said oh, she didn't realise, you know, she... She hadn't noticed. Oh, she didn't know what I was talking about, bless her, but... Wow, yeah, and you've so. been thinking about it for two days. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the Friday night, so I couldn't do anything till the following week. Oh. You know, well, bless, yeah, you for, so. bless you for trying to sort of sweep the slate clean. <laughs> Most blokes wouldn't um, bother... And, uh, well, <laughs> oh, I didn't want to be the office perv, so... No, not that day, anyway. Uh, uh, no, that's all right. I had to get that. <laughs> Bless you. Well, thanks for ringing, Gerald. Well, it's been very enjoyable, Kathy. Enjoying the show. Thanks all very right, much. Bye. Thanks. That's Gerald. Let's have a word with Angela. Hey, Angela, what's going on? Hi, Kathy. You all right? Yeah, I'm OK. I'm not too bad. It's nice to be here. It's nice to be done. You all right? I'm OK. I've had a, I've had a really... Um, heavy weekend not booze wise but just you know really busy and i feel like i'm mm. not quite caught up with myself so yeah that's probably what you're getting with your psychic yeah. powers <laughs> i just thought i picked it up with your voice you sounded a bit different yeah no i'm, I'm mm. all right i'm all right I'm just a bit mm. tired i'm in that stage oh, yeah. now where i can sleep till well, i mean today i went back to bed after i dropped my youngest off at school and yeah. i didn't wake up till gone one and i could have slept even more i'm just such a lazy git i don't know what's the matter with me at all maybe it's my diet or something Mm, could be because uh, it's well, we're getting the sun now, so we've been out in the sun now. Yeah. I'll, I'll go swimming every Monday. Do you? Yeah, that helps. Helps. And have you got a set and number of laps you do, or is it just whatever you feel uh, like? I just do it just to like help my um, like my conditions and stuff. Yeah. And I've got my specialist on Wednesday telling me about 
that's what I've been up to. Oh. And I think he'd be impressed if I'm doing an extra exercise. Yeah, of course he would. <laughs> about my feet. He said that my... I got him a doctor about my blood test mobile, but they said told me not to worry because I don't need to see him that urgent and that. And it's Crack Club tomorrow. It's what, tomorrow? Uh, crack Club. Crack Club? Uh, yeah, Crack, crack Club. Uh, cr- no, Crack Club. I was going to say crack. crack Club. <laughs> he can say Crack Club. I, I imagine he's very Moorish, but I wouldn't if yeah. I were you, especially with the medication no. you're already taking. Yeah. I know, and tell him about it. Actually, because you know when I was visited to hospital that time? Yeah. They, they, they suggest that I might have to come off another metformin. You know, that, you know, that lady said, mentioned me about that I was going to all my friendship groups. Mm. No one, okay, they say thank you. <laughs> she, she mentioned me a few weeks ago. Right. And, the, and I, couldn't, I couldn't call in because I didn't have any credit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. So I've been... I mean, not busy, Catherine. All I want to do is come home and sleep. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, but I, mean, I must admit, it sounds like you're having a harder life than me, so I should shut up and stop moaning. No, I'm all right, actually. I'm quite enjoying it. I'm glad to get my bike out again. Mm. I think a lot of people need to get out in the sunshine, don't they, Catherine? I think so. I think so. It makes a mm. difference, doesn't it? Mm. And how are you doing, yeah. uh, how are you doing with the uh, spirits? Have they been in touch lately? Yeah, well, I did a few... Um, videos tonight did quite well um, on YouTube uh, you, remind yeah. us of what your channel is um, mystery especially going on or something like that mystery I what? did this mystery grow, mystery ghost McKay's mystery goings on Mm. <laughs> you know, you know what I know. I got a few. I got. Um, I tell you what, though, Catherine. Some are making this place self haunted that they won't want to live in it. Oh, really? Are you attracting them? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm doing my best to get rid of this. <laughs> you know what I'm like. I'm stubborn. Yeah. I know. But I, I, as someone asked me, do I sleep well? I said, yeah. You don't I feel like well. something's gonna like come into your bedroom and want to have a chat? Not really. No, they know when the shop no. is shut. Yeah, I put the radio on all night and they go away. Oh, I'll see them off, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. And um, I do, do, it keeps me occupied. And uh, my mobility is not brilliant, but I hope you can sort it out on Wednesday. Yeah. Good. Oh, I've, yeah. I, no, I'm not sure. I've lost in weight. I've missed nearly another 14 pounds. Have you? Yeah. I looked in that mirror and one of the friendship groups I got, and I got this mirror, and I thought I'll have a look. I said, Give me now, I've gone back to where I was. <laughs> well, that's good. That's a good side effect. Yeah. As, long, as long as you're healthy. Yeah, I wish most of my family was like really proud of me, but. It, it's, I think all the friends I make uh, with my groups are more proud of me than my family. Oh, <laughs> do you know what? Sometimes it takes someone from outside to, to actually say it, but I bet they do love you. Mm, yeah, I think they do in Maybe a way. Maybe just don't express it the same way other people do. No, no, I think when you meet up your friends, you tend to like share your experiences, yeah. don't you? Yeah, you probably talk to them different as well. Yeah, yeah. we do. Listen, I'm going to have to go because we're coming up to, yeah. the, to news time, but it's, uh, it's nice to hear me. from me. Uh, and you, thank you. Take care of yourself, Bye. Angela. You're Bye, good Bye, there's Angela. Oh, and that's a shame that her family don't tell her what her friends do. 
I suppose we can all be a bit guilty of that. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. I'm Catherine Boyle. I'll be back after the news. Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. to make out that you still fancy someone you split up with 30 years ago to make money. Which reminds me, the one that got away, thank God. Let's do that one, 0344 499 1000. 
Because we've all got one, right, that at the time was heartbreaking, but then in retrospect you go, ah, oh, do you know what? I dodged a bullet there when it comes down to it, and I would never be where I am now if I hadn't had that relationship, if I hadn't had that near miss. 0344-499-1000. Uh, we can talk about that. We can talk about whatever you want, really, apart from Brexit, because everyone's bloody bored of it. Hey, Simon. Hello. Hello. What can we I do for you? I missed rabbit hole, didn't I? Did you? Yeah, I did tweet you. I broke down on the M1. What, in tears? Yeah. <laughs> what, so, what, you, so you were supposed to come and you and you bottled it? To, to the bear club. Oh, blimey. Never mind. I was going to say you yeah. didn't miss much, but actually it was a belting night. We had a really good yeah, one. Two and a half hours in the freezing cold. You're kidding me. And so what happened with your mate? Because you were supposed to be meeting up with someone in Luton that you hadn't seen for ages. Yeah, I, I still met him. We just instead of doing what we were obviously we were going to come to you, um, we did have a quick curry, and then because I went up the bit I broke down, I was only like fifteen miles away. Ah, infuriating. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely gutted because I've been talking to him about it for ages. We've been really planning it. Yeah. And um, yeah, and two and a half hours on the side of the M1. Not like you not to check your dipstick and your tyres and your oil before you leave on a long journey well, as a I'm professional afraid, driver? It is my it is my fault because I I had um, a water leak in the car, which I believed my mechanic had repaired, um, which he he had repaired, in, in all fairness, yeah. Um, yeah, a couple of days beforehand. But why didn't I just check it before I left? Because the repair failed, basically. It's obvious in hindsight, isn't it? It's obvious. <sighs> don't kick yourself yeah. too much. There'll be others. There'll be others. I don't know when. Don't know, we'll go know. back to Luton. And that Bear Club venue is absolutely brilliant as well. So it was a real treat. It looks it. Yeah, yeah. it looks it. I, um, I, I mean, when you do another one, we'll, we'll, we'll replay the plan, as it were. So, yeah. But at least I got to see my mate, so that was good. One complete loss. Yeah, exactly. I mean, actually, that's the main point, isn't it? Getting together with your mate. How long is it since you've seen them? We normally see them every... We, it's, the trouble is, we're, we're literally, like, what, 90 miles away from each other? Yeah. But life gets in the way. Of course it does. And we only see each other once every few years, really. But we're always there for each other, you know? Yeah. He's my oldest friend, went to school with him. and um, But, you know, as far as the whole Luton thing goes, I mean, I moved to Southampton when I was 15, and whenever I come up, I always have a, a make a point of you know driving past my old area and where I grew up and that. And to be honest, it's got to the stage now where it's now just changed too much. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's just not. It's just not somewhere I can call home anymore. Oh. The memories are there, obviously, yeah. but the actual place is just a completely it's unrecognisable. Really. Sometimes it works like that, and sometimes it's time travel. I, I um. Went to Woburn Safari Park this uh, this weekend with, with the family. Yeah, well, I used to work there when I was about seventeen, and oh. the and the weirdest thing was sort of walking into the restaurant was like was like time travel. I mean, if they change things around a little bit, but it still smells the same. Of course, it does. It smells like chips. Still smells the same. Still kind of the same decor, and it felt weird. They're not massively comfortable, if you know what I mean. It felt like I was in, I was somewhere that I shouldn't be. That I've kind of moved on from. And the same happened when yeah, I went yeah. to Topshop once in um, Bedford because I used to work there as well. And I felt, I felt weird. The smell was the same, and it was the smell that kind of got to me. It, it was like it was like a flashback. Yeah. One of the things that does it for me, talking of that, is the smell of the lifts in the Arndale Centre. Oh, yes. 
Now, I don't know whether they still smell the same. I, I haven't been there for years, but it's a, it, it's a certain type of, obviously, disinfectant. Yeah, whatever, um, it, whatever that yeah. product is. It's the same with the, with the Topshop story. It, whatever that polish was that they were using, they were obviously still using something, either the same thing or something flipping similar, because it was just, just took, me, took me right back there. You know, uh, with, with Woburn, we went there one year. I remember, I mean, I must have only been about maybe eight or nine and it rained. Now, now, if, if my memory serves me right, you've got a very long wooded driveway where yeah. cars park on either side of the road. Yeah. And a, and a memorial thing ahead of you. Memorial thing. Am I right in thinking that? Like a big tower. What, going to the safari park? Um, Is that what you mean? Or are you thinking Ashridge? Oh, that's it, Ashridge. Yes. Uh, yeah, I wonder why I got those two mixed up. Anyway, talking of Ashridge, so yes. we went there one year, and um, it, it rained, and it really, really did come down. And all of a sudden, we were surrounded by millions and millions of baby frogs. It was one of the most surrealist things I ever saw. Well, like crowding you as if they were about, like the birds. No, well, no. no <laughs> They're about really, to attack. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> but they just, they just appeared because obviously where it was getting wet. Yeah. And, uh, yeah so. um, Fond memories. Can I can I introduce a possible topic? Go on, have a go. Um, right. So as I said to you and Ian a couple of weeks ago, I was getting really heavily into Boardwalk Empire. Right. And if there's one thing I realise now, that if I could go back in time to a point in time, I'd go back to somewhere like that because I would be such a criminal. Now that, you know, obviously we've got some forensics and everything now, but I would just indulge myself in all manner of criminal stuff. Gosh, what, because I was, what a chilling revelation. Yeah, yeah, only because I know that I could get away with it. So the topic is, or the question is, and you don't have to obviously embrace it, but I just thought it might be a bit of fun. If you could go back to a point in time, which point would it be? But but more importantly, what purpose? You have to have a valid reason why. All right. Well, we could put it out there, Simon, as it's you. Yeah, all right. Uh, and see what happens. Thank you, my darling. No problem. Nice to speak to you. 0344 is the number that Gavin rang. Hiya, Gavin. How you doing, Kat? I'm all right, Thanks. Beautiful. I just thought I'd um, introduce. Well, it's uh, something I learnt today that ah. I thought that yeah, learning's always good. Okay. I think so. Um, the speed of light is supposed to be constant. And. And what the um, the cats that know about these things more than I do is, you know, when a when a plane goes past the sound barrier and it makes a sonic boom. Yes. Yeah, it's pushing the air in front of it to make that boom sound. Right. So it's breaking the sound barrier. Mm-hmm. What they've discovered is there's particles that when the speed of light is achieved, they actually go faster than the speed of light to do a, almost a, like a light boom. So it is possible to go faster than the speed of light. That's a fascinating fact. Thanks for that, Gavin. Every day is a school day, isn't it? Let's have a quick word with Alan. Hey, Alan. Alan, you're on. Oh, hello there. Hello there. Yeah, I've, um, I was going backwards, actually, about peeping toms. Go on, you can do that. 
Uh, I was coming home from the local station at one time, and there's a bridge um, over which you had to pass, and I just glanced up to a couple of houses that are on the bridge, and this poor lady hadn't dropped her the blinds down quite as far as she, I think she hoped she had. Oh, blimey. And one could see almost everything from chest level down to her knees. <laughs> and she was changing at the time, which was, I mean... Uh, being a chauvinist, she, uh, it was quite attractive to watch. Well, However, hang on a minute. Admit, seeing it and watching it is something quite different, Alan. How long were you out there and how strong were your goggles? Oh, no. Uh, I, do, I hadn't been to Spectravers at the time. But um, I, I did. I will admit you asked somebody what do you do about it. I did go and knock on her front door and tell her that maybe she ought to drop her bind a bit lower. Um, I think my blood pressure went up and my face was quite red at the time, but yeah. uh, I did notice that she never had her blinds up from then on. Well, probably in a, in a way grateful for you um, having made that observation, but I'm sure mortified as well. Yeah, uh, she uh, she did shut the front door quite fast. <laughs> I bet she did. Can you imagine? Yes. And I, just one last thing. I would like to say I think you dealt with that gentleman who was talking about Jesus quite well. Well, I try. Yeah, because my mother's a devout Christian, a very devout Christian, and I'm an atheist, but we, we agree on many things, and the fact that basically the one, that if there really is a true God, hell does not exist. Mm. I just, that's, you know, I'm not particularly, I, I was raised in the Church of England, which doesn't really say an awful lot. It was basically just be polite to each other and any volivants uh, every now and again uh, at the, at the um, school fate. But, you know, I think the central tenant of it is not to judge each other and to be loving and to try to you know not not stamp on other people i get that i don't really get the being cast out to hell and the um aggression uh and the uh, fervor with which people like ken enjoy telling people that they uh, are, are about to be tormented for the rest of their days you know I, there does feel it does feel like they that he enjoys telling people that and that's kind of not the point as i understood it it does seem anti-christian i must admit and also um like most churches they think unless you believe in their church you're going to go to hell well, hell must be pretty full by now. You would think. Uh, the wrong religions around, unless you believe in that particular one. I mean, what are your thoughts? You you say you're you're an atheist. That, yeah. Does that mean you don't believe you 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 are definite that there is nothing? I think that when I die, it's like a terribly well. It's a sleep that you don't wake up from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, what's the point then, Alan? What's the point of life? Um, what's the point of life? I think we're very lucky, the fact that we, 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 we live and we have um, a consciousness and we should make the best of it while we are alive. Um, but the fact that I don't believe that there is anything afterwards. Unlike my mother, she doesn't have faith in God. She doesn't believe in God. She knows there's a God. And when she, uh, I mean, one of the things is it, when she dies, she's 90 at the moment, when she dies, I'm not going to be too disappointed because she... She's lived her life in the way that she wanted to, and she believes that she's going on to heaven. So um, it's a a movement on for her, and to me it's just a long good seat. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like the comfort it gives your mum is, it kind of overrules the deception as you see it? 
Oh, you're brilliant. I mean, I, I discuss it with her frequently, and I quite often say the fact that you don't, you know, God wouldn't want you to necessarily be in You don't have to go to a church to believe in God or to be a good Christian. God is all around you if there is a God. Mm. Um, he, it's meant, from what I've read of the Bible, I mean, I've read the Bible and the Quran, um, God is all-knowing and all-seeing and all-merciful. Yeah. Do you um, envy your mum at all? Oh, the fact yeah. that she's got this, I mean, as you see it, as sort of, as many people would see it, imaginary friend that looks after her and loves her no matter what? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, the, the, the sarcastic would say, well, do you believe in unicorns? And when they say no, I've never seen one, well, you have you seen God? But um, I, th I think that is um, a, a pretty easy way of... of, of um, of uh, backing up uh, uh, atheism, but mm. no, I am I am very jealous that, that, that of the people that do have that. But that doesn't mean that I change my life or, or don't act in a, in a proper way. I think the the basic Christian tenets are the basic tenets for life. Yeah. And what was it that decided it for you? Because obviously it would have been easier for you to just follow what your parents did. Yeah, I was. I actually I was christened. Church of England, like yourself, uh, when I was at school, I was confirmed as a Roman Catholic, and then later, I, uh, because of family things, I became a Mormon. Um, so yeah, it's gosh, so you've tried that, a few then. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit. Maybe that's what's confused me all. But um, it's just the fact that having uh, also worked with with Muslims, etc. I I used to work out in the Middle East. And, and looked into it. I just cannot find a basis for a God. Do you know what? I, fi I find the Mormon church absolutely fascinating, mostly because I know very little about it. So you say you, you became a Mormon, how old? I was 11 at the time, I think. So did you get to the stage where they were talking about sending you out on missions and stuff? Oh, no, that comes when you're 18 or 19, uh, either pre-university or just post-college post in, in their days. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for the Mormon church. I mean, a lot of Mormons go, a lot of people go on about them having many wives, but the, the Mormon church actually doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I could go on for a half an hour here about the history of the Mormon church. But, but that's fringy, isn't it, the polygamy? That's, that's something that... that that is not the Mormon, or that's not the Church of Latter-day Saints, as right. they have them called now, the Church of Latter-day Saints. Um, but that, that they are very family central. I mean, if you go to a, a, a Mormon temple or a Mormon church, you'll, you'll probably find a basketball court and uh, um, a kitchen in there because they believe that the family should be centred around the church and the church around the family. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to invite everyone to be there and, and be comfortable, I guess. Uh, it, it, yeah, they're, they're very family-oriented. Um, although, yet again, they're very strict in the fact that they don't believe in divorce and they're not very keen on homosexuality. And for some time they were quite racist in the fact that being black was a mark of Cain, but they've moved on wow. historically now. Really? In fact, they do have black, black priests and um, uh, w women are equal in the church. Right. And so how did you... Because I thought that was one of those things where once you were in, you couldn't get out. <laughs> no, yes, you can leave. Um, uh, that, that, no, that, there's not, it's not a cult in any way whatsoever. It, 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 it's a, 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 a religion that believes basically that your body is a temple of your soul, so look after it. Mm -hmm. So don't believe in alcohol, tobacco, 
tea and coffee because tea and coffee contain caffeine, which is a drug. But they do believe in uh, um, the you know in the family, etc. And you can leave, yes. And if you then want to go back, they will welcome you. Fascinating. Well, thanks for ringing. It's been interesting chatting to you. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you very much, Cathy. Take care. Bye-bye now. 0344 499 1000. The switchboard is finally empty, which means it's just waiting for you. 0344 499 1000. You can tweet at Talk Radio or at Flipping Cath. You can text me on 87222, and those texts will cost 25p plus your standard network rate. But really, the phone is the thing. 0344 499 1000. I'm Catherine Boyle. I'm with you right through to one. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. So we've been talking a bit tonight about, you know, spirituality and whether you feel that this is all there is or whether you feel like, you know, there is a life beyond and really this is just preparation. You know, this bodily life is just preparation for something miles better in the future. And I know that a lot of people sort of have conversations with their loved ones about what will happen to, you know, their mortal remains once they go. And some people flippantly will say things like, stick me out with the bins, you know, because it doesn't matter, it's just a shell, it's nothing, you know, it's not, it's not me anymore. And having been around people who've passed away, you kind of see that transformation, don't you? You see the, the, the difference between someone who is dead and who is alive within a few minutes. You know, it, it doesn't look like them anymore. So I can get why people think that way. But, and maybe I'm just a bit squeamish about this stuff. But, right, this story caught my eye and I thought you might be interested in it. A man's been arrested after allegedly leaving his mum out for the bin men after she died at home. Jeremy Cassin wrapped his 63-year-old mum Karen up in a tarpaulin and dumped her by a tree in the garden for collection, it's claimed. I mean, my bin men won't take away the Christmas tree, so it's not going to take away an aged parent. Police in Texas were only alerted when Karen's mum contacted police and told them of her concerns. Jeremy, 41, told his grandma that his mum had died and she'd been cremated. But when she contacted local funeral homes, no-one had heard of her daughter, so she confronted Jeremy on the phone, it's reported. CBS reports that according to the arrest affidavit, Jeremy found his mother dead on Monday, March 18th. He then removed her from the bed, wrapped her in the plastic sheet and placed her in the front garden near some pine trees. Rusk County Sheriff Jeff Price said his explanation to it was that it scared him. He didn't know what to do, he wasn't sure what to do and it was the only thing he can think of. Ah, OK, this is a different story than the one we thought, right? He added that Karen's mum called several funeral homes, but the funeral homes had no idea what she was talking about. Sheriff Price says his office has dealt with Jeremy in the past for minor non-violent charges. Ah, OK, this really isn't the story we thought it was going to be. It's difficult to say what people would do with confronted with certain situations, Sheriff Price said. But this would not be your normal reaction. Most people would think, oh dear, and they'd call 911. I think they'd think more than oh dear. But I get it. Karen's body's been sent for post-mortem to dis- determine the cause of death. Jeremy remains in the Rusk County Jail on a $25,000 bond. That's about uh, £19,000, which I'm imagining no one in his family has got. That starts out as a kind of quirky story, but actually it's, it's just a really sad story, isn't it? When you think about it, it, this sort of says to me that this bloke... So she was 63, he's 41, so he's the same age as me. This bloke is not thinking like a 41-year-old. To me. Are you getting that? That this is someone who's been living with his mum. He's been put in this situation that he's not... He's frightened about. I mean, this is I'm speculating because I don't know. And so he's acted like a kid. 
and, and kind of wrapped her up and got her out of the house, terrified. Can you imagine how terrifying that must be? And there's a picture here of the of the of the house they live in, and it's basically a shed. See these stories that come in from America, you kind of read them and go, "Oh, you know, only in America." Uh, actually, I think what we're talking about is someone who's like who's living in the middle of nowhere and uh, extremely isolated, and he's lost the person that maybe kept him in line. And. Uh, hate to say it, but there's plenty of those in this country. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. if you want to give me a ring, I'd love to hear from you. You can talk about that, we can talk about something less macabre. But like this, right, this is an outrage because Sporty Spice, it has to be said, is one of my favourite Spice Girls, right? I definitely don't think that she's worth £3 less than the rest. But New Look do, apparently. Growing up, we all had our favourite Spice Girl and now New Look is giving fans the chance to champion their favourite girl band member. The High Street Retailer has launched a range of slogan T-shirts featuring the nicknames of the five band members. Each tee has been designed to reflect the Spice Girl it represents, with the baby logo in gingham pink, while Scary is in iconic leopard print. The posh top is a chic black polka dot, while the Union Jack has been chosen for ginger, and Sporty takes on a classic 90s activewear look. Each of the T-shirts is priced at eight ninety nine, apart from one. Bizarrely, the sporty T-shirt is almost £3 cheaper than the rest of the line. Priced at just £6. Wow. Really? And while the top has been reduced, it was initially priced at seven ninety nine, a whole £1 cheaper than the rest of the tops. There's no, there's no apparent reason. There's no apparent reason. I mean, do they know something we don't? I know there's been a lot of talk about this Spice Girls reunion and, and I would fancy it apart from the fact that it's really expensive and it's not all the Spice Girls and blah, 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 right? And, but actually, my little girls would love to see that. They really um, like the Spice Girls and it's not just about marketing because they've not been exposed to anything like that. Um, but yeah, apparently Sporty is £3 less. So this will be the first time the band has performed since the London 2012 Olympics. But this time around, Victoria Beckham, a.k.a. Posh Spice, will not be joining them. Ginger Spice has reportedly hired a voice coach to ensure her singing is note perfect for the reunion and we all know she's also batting back various rumours about what may or may not have happened with Mel B. What a mate, Mel B. <laughs> he's telling flipping Piers Morgan that when you know that your mate is touchy about it at best or it didn't happen at worst. An insider said Jerry is anxious to make sure she's up to standard when the girls get back together. She doesn't want to be humiliated, so she's hired a singing instructor. Good for her. The girls are all aware the scrutiny is going to be pretty intense, but Jerry's the only one who's gone to these lengths. It comes the same week that a furious here is a furious Jerry hit out at claims by Scary Spice Mel B. 43 that the pair had sex during the group's early days. In other showbiz news, the creator of oh. We're moving on. We'll just leave that dangling. In other news, uh, the creator of Sex and the City has confirmed a sequel to the series is on the way. Please don't. Please don't. There's no need for that, is there? No, come on. And Cheryl's... Oh, Cheryl, in case you were wondering, Cheryl's Beauty Must Have has been revealed as a £9 moisturiser from Superdrug and she even shares it with Baby Bear. So there you go. That's, that's your showbiz roundup. I really don't understand why um, why uh, Sporty is, is £3 less than the rest of them. I think she's... Um, arguably a better singer than most of them and certainly deserves to be priced at the same as them. I mean, £8 is a snip for a T-shirt with Sporty Spice on it. 03444991000, if you want to give me a ring, I'd love to hear from you. We're talking about all kinds of stuff. We could talk about the times you've um, caught someone in the buff by accident, you say, by accident. 
your accidental peeping Tom moments. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. What else have we got on here? Let me let me uh, remind myself of what I was t- thinking of talking about. It's all gone dead quiet because you're all brexited out. I know what the problem is here. Uh, and we're also talking about oh yeah, hitting the reset button. Is there a moment? I know Simon was trying to peddle the old. Uh, which time in history would you go back to and why? But I actually think that within your life there was probably a pivotal moment that you would like to go back to to either avoid or to do over. And what would that be? I'd be really fascinated to know. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. And also, you know, people talk about the one that got away with great regret. Are you actually glad that one got away? Have a think about it. We've all got someone in our lives, haven't we, that at the time we were heartbroken and we couldn't believe that it had all gone pear-shaped. But actually, in retrospect, it's uh, probably for the best that it didn't work out. I've seen this um, story here about um, this woman. And it doesn't it doesn't matter now, uh, a thing in your life, does it, until you put it on social media, apparently, according to some people. But there's this woman who's gone viral, 47-year-old woman, um, for celebrating her divorce in quite a spectacular fashion. Having a celebratory photo shoot in kinky, knee-high boots and hot pants, making her an internet sensation. Have you seen this woman? Uh, she's called Marie Lollis. She's 47. She's pictured burning her wedding photos and posing with a wine glass saying, bye-bye, in, and this is what the sun is calling, inspirational snaps. I think if she was that pleased about it, she wouldn't need to tell anyone, but I don't know. She's also seen smashing the framed wedding portrait in stiletto heels stamped with the dates of her 13-year marriage to jailbird Quinton Eaton. I'm guessing American. And in another picture, she holds up her divorce papers and a sign telling her ex, I would wish you the best, but you already had it. Chew on that. Marie of South Carolina, US, of course, asked her sister-in-law, Tasha Lollis, to take the photos after her divorce was finalised last month. She told DailyMail.com that the idea was to show that strong women can be empowered to move on. It's okay to be happy again. She added, I wanted a way to close a chapter in my life my way and celebrate finally making it official. We honestly didn't realise this would go so viral. I think everyone is shocked and amused that someone actually stepped out of the norm and did something bold. Marie said her favourite picture is the one of her throwing her head back in laughter whilst holding a wine glass that reads, Finally divorced boy, bye. The photos became an instant hit on social media with tens of thousands of likes and shares. One Twitter user said, Insanely powerful vibes coming from this divorce photo shoot. Marie said several women have since contacted her to say they were inspired to leave their bad relationships after seeing their fo- her photos. Does that happen? Quinton, described by Marie as a good man turned bad by drugs, ah, was in and out of prison during the troubled marriage and is currently awaiting trial on further charges. Now with a new partner, she added, after everything, I'm stronger and I'm happy with my life. I'm blessed with a good man and family and close friends. Gosh. These pictures. I would wish you the best, but you already had it. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I mean, she's demonstrating her freedom and her delight in quite an obvious way. Is that how you felt when you got out of a relationship, or did it take a while for you to realise that actually you were much better off without them? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We can talk about that. The one that got away. Good. Um, we can talk about whatever you want. The floor is yours. Please feel free to use it. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you on Talk Radio. 
Martin, I'll come to you in just a second. If you want to give me a ring, 0344 499 1000 is the number. We can talk. I've got a couple of things to talk about, but really, there are no hard and fast rules. If you want to talk about something completely different, you can. Um, we've got this one through from Jimmy, who says, uh, My accidental peeping Tom moment was when I was working in a wine bar that used dancers on platforms. I went to change a barrel and saw three of the girls in just their thongs as I walked into the cellar. I said, sorry. They said, don't worry about it. I bet. I bet. Uh, we've also had this one through, which I thought was really interesting, from Darren, who said, talking about, you know, hitting life's reset button, is there a moment that you wish you could go back to to either avoid or do over? Um, and Darren says, I wish I could hit the reset button and finish my nurse training. I'm not sure if 43 is too late to go back to college. Now, my heart says it's never too late, but I don't know. If anyone out there has been there and done that or tried that or given up on that, 03444991000. So have a word with Martin. Hey, Martin. Hello, Kathy, darling. Hey, Martin, sweetheart. Long time no speak. Yeah, ask me how I'm doing. How are you doing? I'm blooming knackered. Are you? Why? Yeah. Right, um, I've got a lot of things in my mind, but you're talking about spirituality. Yes. Have you ever seen the film... Um, what's in the film? What's it called? What... Oh, wait, uh, hang on, um, yeah, Somewhere in Time. No, I don't think I have seen it. What's that about? With um, Christopher Lee. Is his name Christopher Lee? The man who played Superman. Oh, Christopher Reeve. And Christopher Reeve. I have seen it years yeah. ago. And has it got, uh, what's her name? Dr. Quinn, what's her name? Jane Seymour? Yeah, that's one, yeah. I have seen that. What do you think of the um, the philosophies behind it all? Do you believe well, that? Well, remind me of it, because it was a long time ago. It was probably about 12. From what it I remember, was... there was a watch, yeah. and he went back in time, and he was madly in love with this woman. Yes. And then at the end, does she die? And he... Or he someone dies, and they and they meet each other in the afterlife. Is that right? Yeah. He does. He pines for her, doesn't he? And he um, stops eating and stuff, and he um, gradually... They found him in his hotel room, and he passed away, and at the end, you could see them together. Oh. Now, you see, I tried... Through watching that film, I tried to do that. I used to live in a bed sit, and I tried doing that, going back in time in that same fashion, and I got this real deep sinking feeling, and I had to climb back out of it. Because, hang on a minute, and if we remind ourselves... So I'm remembering, a, like, a fob watch. Did he hypnotise himself or something? He had the idea of lying on his couch and saying to himself, I want to go back in time, I want to go back in time. And he got so deep into saying that, that his, his body literally took him. He absorbed, his, his spirit absorbed into the past and he actually appeared in the film right. in a in a age, which will have been, in, would you say it was the 18th century or...? Yeah, it was like Victorian times, wasn't it? Yeah. So... I did try doing that, and as I say, I got this sinking feeling. And after, ever since after doing that 25 years ago, um, it doesn't happen to me now so much, but I can get this peaceful, calm sensation, and then something bangs to alert, to arouse me out of it. And one night I was sleeping, and I could, I could hear this. I was in this state of um, calm and tranquility. I could hear this banging, you know, trying to arouse me. And I said, no, I'll ignore, ignore it. So I kept sleeping. And then whatever it was pushed a picture that was stood up against the wall, flat on its face, to, to really get me out of that situation. So what I believe is, um, you see, people, some people don't believe in God, but I've actually met God. 25 years ago in a dream and in the dream there was a lady there and at the end of the dream that was a time you see 
I had this compilation of dreams where I saw um, these little two little angels, little kids, and then about six months after seeing these two angels, um, God took my spirit back into heaven to meet him. And when I looked, the lady, what the girl was a lady and the man was a man representing me. And at the end of the dream, um, he never spoke to me, but I looked at him face to face and I said to him, you know, I hate you, I hate you because look what you've done, you know. And as eyes connected together, and then I woke up next morning and from that day, I've got a black dot, and it moves around in my eye. Oh. Sometimes it expands, but most times it's about two millimetres wide, and it's just there floating around. So I think when I die, like in fact, I know that I'm going to wake up 25 years in the past, back in the bed seat when I met God that night, and then start my life from there. So what I do now... I, I, the little kind things that I do now, when I get to this time in 2019, I'll have reached from, two, from 1990, 1995 to now, and whatever I do goes ahead of me. So do you, because, you, you know, elephants, they say that when an elephant dies, it goes somewhere to die, don't yeah. you? So do you believe that you have somewhere where you're going to, going to have a portal for your your own personal knowing where it is it could be a bridge or it could be a between a gap in a wall do you think that there's something sacred that especially for you that you've come across i don't martin but i wouldn't rule it out for anyone else i, I don't really no i haven't thought about it to be honest i haven't thought about portals yeah, well, you see the universe and stuff, you know. I mean, do you think that all this modern, te- all these, um, all this um, technology and all this um, intelligence, do you think it does us any good or no. do you think it does us bad? I think that there are some good bits about it, but I think that um, if we're not careful, it can be very negative. Yeah. You've got to treat it with respect mean, and with care. And how negative, what, in what way negative? Um, in that I think it's quite addictive. And some people are better than others about resisting that. Yeah. Um, and I think that there is a tendency towards maybe living a fantasy life that's not real because you mm. can do it. You can be whoever you want to be. Yeah. So do you, I bet you don't go on Facebook so much then, or do you? Not anymore. I actually don't know. Not anymore. But have you have you done a bit of it in the past? Yes. And what? See, I can't even. What about? I mean, if I can't stand adverts because of all these beautiful, perfect people and happy lives, I mean, how much of Facebook can you be exposed? Is it twenty-four hours a day? Or yeah, I, I mean, mean some terrible? people are on it all the time, aren't they? And you can see that some people are trying to portray a life that can't be real. Because I think if you're that happy, why would you be spending time showing everybody else? Yeah, and looking at this situation. Do you believe in a partner um, that you've got to love them when they're looking bad? Not if you meet somebody for a date, would you go glammed up, or would you would you over over underdress yourself, or would you be normal, or you know how? What's the best way well, to meet someone? Because I mean, anybody can look nice and perfect, but you've got to when show they get the, the makeup off. Yeah, I know, but I think you, there's a certain amount of of glamming yourself up to show that you care about what they think of you and that you've made an yeah. effort. I don't think that I, I wouldn't want to look like someone completely different. Yeah, you know, sweetheart, right? Because I mean, I'm not paedophile or anything like that, but. You know, I can look at a child and think, oh, you'll be pretty, you'll be nice when you grow up and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was in the shop um, about 
three months ago and there was this lassie, she was about 14. I'm like 50, but I've never had a girlfriend. So I was looking at her and she looked, and the way she looked in my eyes and I looked in hers, you know, you could see that um, there's, I think, kids are missing that innocent glare of a grown-up mm. because I looked at her and she was very extremely good looking but you could see she's still she'll have, you know, she's got a lot of feelings she's, you could see she's not arrogant because a lot of these kids now they they can be um, quite um, ex, they have a sense of entitlement Mm. You see what I mean? And I think that's what society is, where society is going wrong, because they've got this sense of entitlement that they that they should have more than what they've got. You know. Do you um, think it's that, or do you think it's the fact they've grown up around all these images about what they're supposed to be? Because I feel a bit sorry for kids, and particularly girls these days. I've yeah. got two, I've got two goddaughters. I was going to say little goddaughters. They're not yeah. anymore, and they're kind of uh, thirteen and fourteen. Yeah, and. Um, they're a lot more aware of their appearance than I was at their age, and I, f- I think that's a shame. I know it is, but uh, see, the thing is, kids aren't getting snow no more. You know, the one one year runs into another. No wonder they're confused. Mm. I mean, I'm 51, and I remember as a child, snow was always around at winter, but now the kids have got... I mean, it's only snowed maybe once this year. I mean, what's happened? You know, the the missing the the miss the things that we had as children: snow, chomping for firewood, going out into woods and stuff. Lucanette, where not, did you live in Grimm's Fairy Tales? No, it's just <laughs> I was brought up. I was brought up in, in a children's home for right. my life, and we used to go. You know, the last of my wine place, sweetheart. Yes. Yeah, well, the last of my wine is exactly where I was brought up, and we used to go in the woods and we used to do stuff. We could play. You know, we and and now kids aren't got no snow. You know, it's just one long year. It's just one long season. Mm. No wonder, you know. So, and you see, with this modern technology as, again and stuff, it's like um, you can trace it back to the Bible. I'm going to hang up now because you can trace it back to the Bible where God said to Adam when he sinned, "Dust you are, and dust you'll return." And then in another part of the Bible, he says to um, he cursed a generation and said, you will chirp from the very dust like a bird does. And when he says chirp from the dust, I mean, now they're calling it Twitter. I mean, the scriptures are fulfilling themselves. You know, people, they, they, they're they virtually dead people. You know, when they chirp like a little bird on Twitter, tweeting everything. You know, so, you know, I mean, I can't define... Um, how you're supposed to live your life, but it's not. You can't believe in the Bible a hundred percent. You can't believe in sports hundred percent. You've got to have a little bit here and a little bit there, you know, on your plate. You can't just live on one yeah. one thing. But God does exist, and um, and you know when you he does judge. See, scientists believe that he judges people at the age of tw- about twenty five. And that's when I was judged at the around about the age of 25. So, you know, um, I'm, I don't want to see. I've got all these confusing thoughts, but yeah. So, um, are you going away at all this year, darling? <laughs> Didn't think he was going there. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was talking about it this weekend. We should sort something out. But it's like you say that the the city goes from one week to the next, and you don't you don't catch up with yourself, do you? I'll have to have a think about it, Martin. Are you going away? Me going? No, I've been away for about thirty thirty years now. 
I want to get out. I want to go out and stuff, but um, I'm a bit of a loner, so, you know, I'm not lonely, but I am a loner. Yeah. Where was the last place you went to, darling? Um, Let me have a think. Where was the last place we went to? Probably Yorkshire. We were supposed, to, we were supposed to stay at home and, like, because what we try to do is um, we'll do, like, a foreign holiday yeah. if we can afford it. And the idea was we were going to get the house painted. That never happened in the end, but we thought we'd stay at home last year. Okay. And what we have is this... Um, jam jar that we fill with like little bits of paper with different days out and some are expensive and a lot of them yeah. are free like you know yeah. camping in the back garden or yeah. um teddy bears picnics or um like all night sleepovers watching films and stuff but the yeah. idea is that me and my husband have the same two weeks off with the kids yeah. and we spend 24 hours a day for that for that time with the children and and they kind of the night before we do one of these activities they're the ones that pull the paper out of this pot of possibilities yeah so it's exciting for them but one of them was um uh, a weekend uh, a caravan in yorkshire and yeah. um, and that's what we did and we had really good fun and great oh, weather nice. before i hang up it'll be nice i did it be nice as well having a time where people celebrate you you know the, the innocence of children because yeah. how old are your daughters they are seven and ten I understand, because I've got a nephew who's eight, and when he was four, because he's a different colour to me, so I went to his house, and when he was four, King Kong was on TV, and I happened to say to him, um, Jahan, did you, do you know, King Kong's my brother, you know? And he turned around in the shock, you know, and he said, eh, that ape, you know? So it'd be nice to, you know, because we would miss out on stuff like that, you know, and, um, and then my sister's got a daughter who's four, she's four, um, and she's already a grandma, and she's, she'll be 48, no, no, 42 soon. Oh, blimey, she's a bit older them. than me. I must make her start, but I've got no children, you know. But, um, no, because I'm a child. You know, it's like, how can... Do you ever look at your kids and say, how is it possible that you can grow from a yeah. a child to a grown-up in 25 years? Yeah, every day, every day I look at them, and every day I think, God, I've just realised that I'm your mother. How did that happen? <laughs> Didn't they want to see the manager? Listen, Martin, I could, talk to, I could talk to you all night, but we've got to go. Darling, you take care, precious. Oh, thank you very much take for your care, phone darling. call. Thank Bye. you. There's a lot to unpack there, but uh, Martin's calls are never boring, are they? 0344-499-1000, if you want to join us. 0344-499-1000. We've got an hour left. Where does the time go? The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio.
anywhere nice. The Martin Sweetheart phone-in is now open. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. We've got, like, 55 minutes left before Paul Ross joins us. I'd love to hear from you. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Hey, Anne, you're right. Yeah, hello there, yeah. Hey, nice to speak to you. What, what have you got for us? Oh, right, hello. Uh, uh, what's, is your, what's your name, sorry? Ka- Catherine. Catherine, Catherine, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I've not spoke, uh, I, I'm not um, been on, am I on, on, on the station now? You are, yeah. Oh, crumbs. <laughs> um, yeah, um, uh, I'm really in a bad way because uh, I live in um, uh, up north, mm-hmm. but um, um, I'm having a very bad time and for a long time. Um, every shop, um, every place I go in, um, they do their best to give me the worst serve to, to um, I mean, uh, I'm just in such a bad way. Um, I don't have a strong northern accent and, and I'm tall and uh, I'm quite a classy person. I like to be clean and smart. Yeah. Uh, but I do have a disability, a mental health disability. Okay. But um, the, I, I, I don't think you can say names of companies, can you, on the phone? I well, don't know. It, it depends. Are you going to say that they've been awful to you or something? Well, yeah, like... Maybe, um, maybe not then, because they're not here to defend themselves. But tell right. me what's been going on without naming names. Right, well, um, uh, uh, where I go to have my um, glasses... Um, I picked out um, a, a nice frame, um, a, like a ready colour, okay. and there was this lady circling me like a shark. And I knew intuition-wise um, not to get involved with this lady, but the one serving me uh, who, who passed me on to her. Now, she took me order, my order. Right. And I got some granny frames that are too large and not what I ordered. And, um, and then there was another place that sells like discount, um, um, you know, quality designer clothes. And I, I it was a lovely navy jacket that suited me because I've lost five stone. And um, there was a slight flaw on it, so I was asking for a discount. Now I knew that once that that uh, that jacket had left the the floor. Um, there the, the would be a problem mm-hmm. um, because I've also gone in when it first opened in the shop and the girls had stock in the shelves and they didn't look happy that I was there just browsing. Oh, really? Because I'm a tall, classy, um, very smart lady. And I, it was taking a long time for the lady to come back with this blue, smart blazer jacket and I went down the corridor and looked in the back, and they're all there pulling at it like hyenas around flesh. And then they looked uncomfortable, you know, like, because I caught them, and they're all laughing and, and pulling at this jacket, which is now just in, you know, it's not even, you know, so I didn't... And today now, um, I went to get um, some uh, photo, a photo for a passport, and, um, well, I, I went in last week and in the passport photo for my bus, that's what I'm trying to get, 
And uh, normally your face is very upfront. And this picture the lady took, the face was very distant. In fact, you had to put on a magnifier glass to see the, the face. Oh, gosh. And yet she told me last week, and this place is supposed to be, that, that instead of going through the booth where you go, they, they actually take the photo and they're supposed to be experts at this, you know, place. Mm. And uh, she did say last week, she said you t need to take off your jacket because um, for passport photo, you know, it's from a bus, you know, she said um, we need to see the head and shoulders. Right. Anyway, as I said, my, my face was distant, and I thought, this is not right. So I went back today, and uh, she said, oh, well, it said on the, the computer system, you know. I said, but, I said, you know, on the front card of, of your, of your, you know, of the shop, it said it, the, all the photos are normally, you know, very up front, you know. And, the, and anyway, um, um she said uh, she would take it again. Um, uh, she took the photo. Um, she didn't ask me to take off my jacket or, or this time or nothing. I uh, didn't ask me whether it was right or not. She just printed it. And I said, well, um, I, I made notes um, when I came home. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm just quite stressed with everything. No, I know you're stressed. It seems like it's one thing after another at the moment for you, Anne. Well, it's, um, and there's a different lady there. A man came in afterwards. He said he works at the airport. And uh, uh, her colleague took a photo of him. He didn't have to take off any clothing. Mm. And uh, he got served, and she put it on the computer system that her colleague did to the other man. And he was out in a shop, you know. Um, but this lady, um, um, what did she say? She wouldn't. Uh, she wouldn't. Uh, well, I thought. Um, uh, I thought she wouldn't give me a name because I said to make a complaint. And she told her colleague not to give her name or Gosh, really? deal with me. Uh, um, uh, she, the lady, black lady, said she went by. Um, she, she, she would take photos and wouldn't commit to what was right or wrong. Because I kept saying, "Well, I only want the right photo." I said, "You know, you know, is it? You don't need to take another one if, if the the distant one would be all right." You know, yeah. but she wouldn't commit to what was right. You Anna, know. have you tried using this photo for the purpose it's intended? And they've, they've not turned you down, have they? Um, no, I, I, I rung up the. Um, because uh, it cost me £9.99, I rung up the company and the lady said um, she'd have to ring me back if not today, then tomorrow. Yeah. But it, it's not just... It, 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 I, I just want to move out of the north. I, I'm in a housing flat and I've been here, you know, on my own, you know, completely isolated for... Um, you know, I've been here now for what, about... Nine, this is about my 19 years, and the last seven years, when my dad died in 2011, I'm sorry, I was 100% isolated. In fact, and I tried to go to join the human race and, and stop buying and, and, and being on my own, and, and but the people won't let me in, and I'm just not northern in my ways, you know. I, I mean, I've just given you a few incidents there. there were, so this is happening in, in stores and shops and, you know, it's not like I look like a supermodel because I don't, you know. No. It's just that I just don't fit in and, 
you know, and because of my disability, it sort of it, it, it impedes, it makes things different because my intuition is there, but it, it's not strong enough to, to, you know, to protect me, to to stop going into it, yeah. you know, in and these all these situations. Can I ask what your disability is? Yeah, it's... Um, I was given, well, this is, that is very personal, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't mean, I'm just thinking out loud. You don't um, have to tell me if you'd rather not. Yeah. Just helps me get an idea. Okay, I was given, it's got such a bad press, I was given a diagnosis of of paranoid schizophrenia, and I can't even, I I can't believe I've said those words, because I hate those words, because... I've never hurt anyone. You know, I've only saw that one person once, and that was people at management in the coffee place. Um, Because, you know, um, familiarity breeds contempt, and that's my biggest mistake. Mm. I've been too familiar with all the people in shops and stores. But you're trying to reach out to the world, though, aren't you, Anne? So what are you supposed to do? But when you read about schizophrenia in, in papers, you, you hear such bad stories. Well, but yeah. I, I've always believed in God, and I, I've never hurt a soul. I've I'm never sure. done anything wrong. I'm sure you and haven't. I think having that diagnosis. I know. It's I'm awful, just... and you only ever hear the worst stories, and, and they kind of always attribute it to that. And it's a lot more complicated than that, Anne. I'm just listening, and you sound, I mean, it sounds awful. I'm just wondering when was the last time you saw your doctor about how you're feeling? Um, well, uh, I'm, I'm on a low dose of antipsychotics, but um, it's just that... It's just you're um, feeling so outside of yourself. I, feel, I, you know, I really do feel for you, and I wonder whether maybe your GP's a person to talk to. Well, um, the GPs can't really do... Um, um, I don't think they can do anything, well, you know I mean? Might be worth uh, a try, though. The, um, you know, um, uh, I don't know how to say this, but, you know, this negativity, uh, the thing is, um, uh, um, I'm trying, um, uh, I don't really believe that mental illness uh, like uh, now this is where people think oh god no, not another one now you know but I, I do believe in in um the afterlife um yeah my my schizophrenia which um um is where you believe that thoughts are being put into your head right um is is um um in 1986, 87, um, a, a lady uh, living in the same place I, I moved to um, introduced me into all the psychic stuff, you know. Right. Not the dark side of the occult, but, you know, oh. all the psychic stuff, all about, you know. But I was brought up a strict Catholic, and I didn't really want to know anything like that. Anyway, um, then when uh, the landlord and landlady um, sold up two years after, um, the next lady I come in, in contact with, the landlady, she's into all this, you know, all spiritual healing. Mm-hmm. The trouble is, what I'm trying to say is all this psychic stuff is so bad because it does open up a portal. It does open up. And, 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 and I think mental illness, to be quite honest, it's all the supernatural. 
and and even and whether you're you know Catholic, Christian, whatever, you know, I, I mean, I see these white shadows, and I've seen them for donkey's years now. Let me say, 25 years. And it only now in the past few years, I thought they were angels. But two or three churches have told me that these white shadows that are coming in and out on your right side and that are influencing you and blocking your intuition are, in fact, bad spirits. Wow, okay. And, and, but I can't go to... I'm like a, a fugitive on the run. If I go to the doctor's, and say, oh, you know, about spirits, you know, they'll think I'm psychotic, no, you know. No, they won't, Anne. I, I really think they've probably no, not... he- they've heard it all before. And, and mm. you know, I think that it, it would be worth going and saying and having it out, and, and maybe there's something they can do to help you out. It might be that you need your medication adjusting. It may be that you just need some reassurance. But I hate hearing you feel the way you're feeling at the moment, and it just seems like small things that might other people might shrug off are really getting to you, and that's heartbreaking. Well, it's been going on for so long, and you know this. Um, this um, I even um, this this uh, uh, negativity from shops and stores, and and yeah. uh, you know I could go on forever telling you all the incidents. You know, yeah. but um, I mean, if you even think, you know, uh, Christianity, you know, I mean, I, I I've actually. Um, Catalogued um, quite um, a, a book um, where, uh, since about last April um, about all that's been going on. Yeah. Normally, if if you with a mental illness um, and if you were psychotic, you wouldn't have an insight. No, but um, exactly. So that's why I'm thinking. I have a word with the with the GP because you can't carry on like this. This is no way to live, is it? And what well, what's I, to I, lose? I I do want to move out of the north, but yeah. um, I, I'm not getting very far with the housing at all. It keeps right. passing me from, you know, one to the other. And, you know, I mean, uh, this flat is, uh, has really, you know, caused... I've had uh, three breakdowns. I've had two in this flat. This flat is... It sounds um, exhausting, right, because you're dealing with everyday stuff but you're also dealing with your condition and and all the stuff that that brings and Mm -hmm. you sound like a sensitive person Anne. yeah i am yeah so do me a favor and you don't have to it's just a suggestion Mm -hmm. make an appointment and see your gp and just just get it out Mm -hmm. because sometimes just saying it out loud helps doesn't it no i'm not going to see my gp because um um i've sort of run out of luck with them as well um I really have got, I mean, I've really got a lot, you know. Um, I think people with mental illness are best avoiding not only things psychic, but also uh, religion and spiritual because... Because it triggers. When, because the thing is, when with mental illness, um, any, you know, um, anything uh, psychic or religious... Um, a, a, a sort of grooming takes part, you know, because there is an afterlife, there is a, a supernatural. Yeah. And with mental illness, a sort of grooming takes part. And I, I find now that, and it's very lonely because I've been talking out loud to the old spirit world for seven years. No wonder they're all in my flat, you know, mm-hmm. and I can't, I've tried to get seven priests or 
well, I've been trying to get seven people to come out and, you know, clear it, but no yeah. one will come out because, yeah. well, I don't know. But the thing is, um, people with mental illness are best avoiding religion and anything psychic, but because there is an afterlife, the supernatural is very real. And any Christian out there, you know, if they are a Christian, they do believe in God and, and they also believe in, in that other guy, you know, the, yeah. the man with the D name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, you, and you know what? You don't need the further complication that it all brings. Listen, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to move on because I've got other people yeah. waiting, but I have okay, liked yeah. speaking to you and I, I'm really grateful that you came on. Yeah. And I would just oh. say again, I know you've kind of ruled it out, but I really think maybe yeah. you have a word with the GP. Yeah, no, you'll have to read my book when it comes out. I will. I will do that. You take care of yourself, no, Anne. I thank you for listening to no, me. No, no problem at all. You've got some very interesting insight, Anne. Yeah, thank you very much. Take thank care. You. Good night. Good night. Ah, oh, bless her. Hi, Nigel. Hi. Hi, Catherine. Hello. What's going on with you? Did you go and have your meeting today? Uh, yeah, I did. I went, uh, I, got, I, got there, I got there just in, in time, really. Good. About, about five minutes before. Um, I saw Simon, who's a... Uh, person in charge of the social services and um it went okay i was a bit i was in there about half an hour oh good quite a and long time sit, sitting around the table showing them all my bills yeah good and well glad i'm glad someone's having a look so this was um yeah. a volunteer from citizens rights for older people right no it's crop crop, it's crop yeah that's what it stands for Yes, that's what it stands and, uh, for. I've got his telephone number and all the details a card he gave me, so I can ring, ring them when I want to. But they're going to come and see me at home next time. Good. Uh, yeah. And how, how are you feeling it. about it? Do you feel like this is this is the break you needed? Well, it, it, you know, it helps um, put my mind at rest a bit because I, 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 I don't have to worry too much about the bills. Um, you know, I'm not really in much debt, I suppose, really. Well, you've caught it. You've caught it in good time, I think, Nigel. Yeah, I mean, I'm not behind with the electric or anything at the moment, or, yeah. or the and, and the other bills. And what did um, they? What did Simon say about your bills? Having had a quick look, did he think that they looked right, did, or did he, he think they needed messing right, with? It wasn't too bad. No, it wasn't too bad. But, um, he did mention some sort of. Um, I was entitled to another benefit, but I can't remember what it was now. But oh. he's going to look look into that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I think it might have been. To do the bereavement benefit, uh, something like that. Okay. I, well, I can't quite remember because there's so much going well, on. Well, that's all right. That's why you've got Simon. He's on your side now, isn't he? Yeah. There's a lady. Next time, it's a lady coming to see me. Uh, another lady, young lady coming to see me. Oh. We've got all sorts of people working. Good. Well, but, listen. Um, I'm I'm glad that finally someone's yeah. sort of paying You're attention. Doing the show tonight by yourself. I am. Yeah. That's a bit lonely, isn't it? I'm all Without right. Being... I've got I've got you, Nigel. Yeah. Um, so, um, what was I going to say? Oh, um, I can't remember now. Well, I, I forgot what I was going to say. Don't matter. Um, well, I haven't got any money for tomorrow. Though. I've run out of money again. But aren't you I getting? Think, don't you get paid on Wednesday? Yeah, but I've got tomorrow to go, and I, I've run out of dinners as well, and I haven't got any drinks. Oh, blimey! But, yeah, it's going to be a bad day tomorrow because I've used up my last drink. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've never been in that situation before. No, but you got water, right? Um, yeah, I got. Yeah, I know what I was going to say now is um, they they cut my phone off earlier about when I wanted to ring round about six o'clock. Did they? They cut my phone off and my laptop. You know, because they didn't pay. Um, the 
because I'd gone over my limit. Right. I, and um, I was only seven pounds over my limit, and, and I, I rung them. I rung them up, and they put it back on for tonight. They put it back on now until I, I pay some more money Wednesday. And have you told them what the situation is? I told them that um, all about my bills, and I was seeing someone at uh, Helen's place, and Good. and then. They, they felt quite sorry, and they put they put my phone back on, which yeah. was good. So I said, "Boys, I couldn't have rung you." Well, I said, "I need the phone to ring round people." Yeah. But they, but, but I, they told me that I haven't got to pay till nearly the tenth of April. Hey, that's so something, they, isn't it? So they're by, in the wrong, really. And by that time, mm. you know, Simon will be, um, our, yeah. and Simon and the the lady that you mentioned, they will have had a chance to have a good old look at those bills and get everything sorted yeah. out for you. Well, I've looked at the bills already. I've got them back here now. Yeah. I haven't got them. I bought them back. But the thing is, I'm, I was only seven pounds out of my bill, and they cut you off quite quickly. Don't well, they, they? will do because they'll think you've forgotten about it. But you know, half the yeah. time you did the right thing to ring them up and explain the situation. Yeah, otherwise I wouldn't have had my laptop back on tonight on, on my phone. And the other thing is, uh, on Wednesday I've got to pay um, forty-three pounds. Is the is what I owe them now forty three pounds for what for you, to the to keep to keep the phone and the laptop going for this month for the next month April right so and then I have to pay because I've got a hundred and ninety pounds of bill to pay up and they, I can't they know I can't pay it all in one go so I'm paying it a bit 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 at a time okay so that isn't too bad is it forty three pounds well um, it sounds like a money it sounds like a big out. bill for someone who's on his own yeah it is it is um. So I paid that. I put that into the bank, and then they take it out of the bank. Yeah. Uh, but that, then they won't cut me off anyway. They won't cut me off until the next month. No, I have to pay the next following month. But, when are you yeah. seeing Simon or someone from Crop again? Well, they said about a week or something about it. And have you a got a number up. in case anything happens in the meantime? Yes, I've got his number, Simon's number. All right. Well, yeah. you know, if it gets um, too tough, give him a ring because that's what he's there for. Yeah, uh, the food bank. That I couldn't get any from, anything from the food bank because I didn't have a ticket or pass. No, you need to be referred there by your GP, which is why I keep saying oh, to right, go to the and GP. Oh, that all takes time, and I, I, I can't well, do doctor. I, I, I don't know whether it does take time. I think if you go, they can give you a ticket there and then. Actually, what about the surgery? I think so. Yeah, yeah. But you need to go and make yourself surgery. known to them because they can't guess it, can they? Yes. If I go around the surgery tomorrow, you'll need to I go into Maystone. You'll need to see your GP. Well, perhaps, oh, you can't just go and get one from the secretary. No, but it's not worth it now. So I've only got one more day before I get my money. I think it's always worth it because even if it, what, what, yeah. I think even well, if it I'm takes going. a little while, at least you're on their books then, and you're not waiting till it's course, crisis yeah, time again. Yeah, I need to tell the doctor that, don't I? Yeah, you do. Uh, go yeah, and have a word. I, 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 once I, I get my money Wednesday, I don't want to spend it all on bills, do I? Abs- absolutely not. So and, and you know that way you just you just trying to catch up with yourself all the time and that's nowhere to be yeah. is it? Um, just leave some of the bills for a bit later on, uh, like the electric. Well, or you know, I think Simon and his team will end up organising mm. that for you. So mm. I, I feel a bit less worried said, about that. He said to me, "I won't, the electric won't be cut off. They never cut the electric or the water off very easily." Good, good. Because you have to be in, in thousands of pounds debt, you know, before they do that. Okay. And I'm only hundreds at the moment. Right. Only £100. So. All right, all right. But try not to panic because it's in hand well, now. At least worried. you've spoken up. I was up. worried, wasn't I? I was worried. Yeah, you were worried. But now at least you know you're not on your it's own with this, are you? Bad. No, you no, said they definitely don't cut the water off, even or, or the electric, very easily. Good. You have to go to court and everything and things. Yeah, and it won't come to that. 
You won't come to no, but I, I'm still, I'm still, I'm, I've just, just done my prayers for mum yeah. and myself and before I run you. I always do. I get that out of the way first, the prayers. Good. It's good, isn't it, to pray every night? I think it helps you focus your thoughts. There's nothing yeah, wrong with that, um, is there? No. But I, also, I feel so... I miss mum so much. Of course you do. Of course you do. I've been with her 60 years. Yeah, I know. And um, it's just... Um, you just keep thinking. And I, I had a, I, Before I go, I had a fantastic dream this morning. Oh, yeah. Well, about, about six o'clock, I think it was. Um, I, 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 I was travelling back in time, and I, 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 I lifted off the floor. And I, I was spinning round above the floor. My feet were going round. Something lifted me up off the floor. And I was spinning round left, left hand, left right, um, anti-clockwise, round and round and round and round. And then when I stopped, I'd gone back in time to 1980, whereas I, I went back to meet my mum. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what you should take that as? A little freebie, yeah. a little free gift. You get a little visit. That's how I see it. Because I can always remember my dreams. Of course you can. And, and, and I met somebody the other end, and I said, I've come back to meet my mum before she died us because she's just died you know? yeah, and um, it, it was a t- and then, then I realized it was a dream yeah and I couldn't I couldn't make it happen and then I went all depressed again well so, you could be depressed about it or you could think well I saw yeah. I saw my mum in a, in whatever way it was you, you had a little visit that's yeah, a nice thing a, I've got a good um a good brain for dreaming I, I um what's the word for it oh. imagination. No, not just imagination. Uh, um, there's another word, but I can't think of that. Well, so anyway, it's good that these dreams, it gets it out of my system, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely does. Nice to hear the your voice. Tra- I was at a time travel. I've always been interested in time travel. I've got several films on it. Have you? Uh, have you seen that time travel film with the, uh, the actual machine they made? Yeah. Um, there's one called The Time travel. Machine. The time machine. It's yeah. called the time machine. I have done, doesn't that get a bit scary with like cavemen and stuff? The cavemen towards the end of the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and his girlfriend gets uh, murdered at the beginning. Spoiler alert. Yes. And yeah. then he goes back to save her again. Then she gets killed twice. Yeah. By run over by a horse and carriage. Yeah. That's a really good film, isn't it? Yeah, not for her, but yeah. <laughs> no, not for But that time machine is HG Wells. That's uh, right. Who, who designed that time machine, things that go round and round. At the, see, I went round and round, didn't I? Boom. In my dream. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, perhaps it's because I was watching that film. Maybe it is, Nigel. <laughs> hey, should we speak tomorrow? Yes. Yeah. Oh. I'll try and do you a song later on in the week. Yeah. And, and I've got to open, I haven't opened that uh, Beatles uh, tape yet. Oh, well, get practising, because I want to hear some of those, Nigel. Yeah, I want to do a Beatles song uh, sometime this week. It's only Monday, isn't right. it? But yeah, I look forward to it. Maybe tomorrow night. All right. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it out tomorrow, the, the, the CD, because I haven't unwrapped it yet. All right, Nigel. Busy. All right, whenever you're lovely ready. To, lovely to talk to you, Catherine. You we too. must meet up sometime. <laughs> Bye-bye, Catherine. Night-night. Bye, Nigel. God bless. Bye-bye, the Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech Radio with a difference. Talk Radio. Oh, well, at least Simon's on hand. Simon and his team from Crop are on hand to uh, to help Nigel with those bills and stuff. I do worry about him. I do worry about him, especially because this charity is not 
the council. It's not social services. I mean, I know that they were quote-unquote hurt that we were suggesting that they were ignoring him, but they're not the ones helping him, so what do you call that? Uh, anyway, we've got uh, about 25 minutes to go before um, before I leave you for another night, but if you want to give me a ring, 0344 499 then you've got Sally on the line. Hey, Sally. Hello. Hello. Sorry to keep you waiting so long, but I kind of needed right. to. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's all right. I've been sending love to Anne. Yeah. So, you know, that was that was tough. That was, you know. Yeah. yeah. What, is, what she's going through. Exactly. I mean, it comes a point where you just think, well, there's no point in trying to suggest things. you just got to hear people out. Yeah, yeah. And Nigel, I mean... You know, he made me laugh at the end of that call. That was... <laughs> He's a trier, isn't he? He is. He really is. When we, we're going over there, I've already said no to him about four times, but uh, I'm sure he's probably no. telling people I'm his girlfriend. He always asks you when Ian's not there, too. Yeah, he I've does. noticed. He does. He's not, he's not daft. I'll tell you that for nothing. No. <laughs> but, yeah, Nigel, I can't, believe, I can't believe he's not been picked up by his doctor. I mean... No. But it seems to me, from the conversations I've had with like social workers and some um, healthcare professionals, mm. they've said that you, if you don't ask, you don't get. And Nigel's not in a position to ask. And if no one's referring him and asking yeah. for an assessment for him, it's never going to happen. No. Yeah, I mean, well, we, I mean, we've had like problems in the past with getting my daughter referred and things like that. We had her referred to autism. Um. A couple of years ago, right. and they said no, she wasn't autistic. And now the last couple of months have been really tough for her. Um, she started to sort of self harm and yeah. things like that. And um, all of a sudden, they seem to think that maybe she's autistic. So um, yeah, so she's being assessed again, and um, yeah, it's two years of help she could have got. Because um, girls, apparently, they don't show the symptoms of autism the same as boys do. Oh, really? So, yeah, it's a lot. Girls usually don't get picked up till they're in their teens. Um, their, um, their symptoms come out in a different way to boys. Right. So it can be quite difficult. But, um, yeah, so hopefully this is going to solve things. But she's, she's doing all right. She's still refusing to go to school. Mm-hmm. But, um, why, yeah. And why is that? Just because it, what, she's getting picked on, or no? She's got she's got loads of lovely friends. She's you know she's doing absolutely brilliantly at school, um, but she uh, she doesn't like the noise of school, right. which is a symptom of autism. Yeah. Um, and we've had problems. She's also dyslexic, so we've had lots of problems with the school. Um, trying to implement um, things for her to help her with her dyslexia, and we've just found out found out that she's has problems with colour blindness, um, which we're trying to sort of sort out. But it, it's sort of difficult to get the school to to implement these things. Yeah. Um. So, and she's very she's very timid. So if she needs help, she's she doesn't really like to ask for it. Because she thinks she's going to get into trouble. Right, I got you. 
Yeah. Does she have problems with um, other people's behaviour as well, them not acting the way she thinks they should? Because I, I know two little boys, I'm going to be honest, I know two little yeah. boys who had pretty early diagnosis, although their mums wouldn't tell you that. And I remember both yeah. of their mums saying that they were, and this is going to sound weird to anyone who's not been there, yeah. that they were overjoyed when they got that diagnosis oh, yeah. through because it proved what they suspected. Yeah, oh, completely. I mean, I was saying... My son didn't start talking properly till he was probably about two, two and a half. You know, he wouldn't talk at all. He wouldn't make noise or anything. And I kept saying to my other half at the time, I'm sure he's autistic. And my other half was, no, nothing wrong with him, you know. And then me and him split up and it became, you know, it was up to me to sort it all out. And um, he started, as soon as he started primary school, that was it. He was diagnosed with ADHD and um, autism and it was the moment he was diagnosed was brilliant because then you can address the, you know the, the problems yeah. and things like that then you, you know can, what yeah. the what the techniques or, or the things you can try are at least because I know everyone's yeah, exactly. different yeah um, so yeah it was you know it, it, it is it is brilliant when you get that diagnosis it's great yeah um, you know and he's doing well and, and that and um yeah, so it's um, just hopefully we can sort my daughter out now. So Here's the thing. I don't believe that social workers don't care. I don't believe it. That no. I think what's going on is that they've got their hands tied behind their backs. You know, they're given mm. a certain amount of work to do in a certain amount of time, a tiny budget, um, yeah. and it's just a matter of, you know... It's, Sorting out the creaking gates. I mean, that sounds really. Do you know what I mean? I'm trying. I'm not yeah, trying no. to be um in uh, what's it called um insensitive, but people that need sorting out because there is a problem about to happen are the ones that are going to get sorted out first. You know, rather yeah, than exactly. people who's got parents who are coping, however well that might be happening behind closed doors. But people mm. who appear to be um able to be left that bit longer could be left forever. You know, because yeah. because something else will happen, and yeah. it must be really frustrating for the social workers. But you know, my my sympathies, of course, I've got to go with the people who are living with it. I mean, how how yeah. are you? How are you doing, Sally? Because this is the thing—you spend your whole time being the grown-up. It must yeah. be it must be a moment where you think, "I wish someone would look after me for a bit." Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult. She spends all her time in her room. Um, I'm sure she doesn't care about her appearance or anything like that. She doesn't care about her room. It's it's sort of I find that sort of thing very difficult to understand because I'm very much you know I take care of my parents I take care of you know different things and so there's, I'm trying to sort of understand her point of view yeah. and also although she's very very timid and sort of if you ever met her you'd think you know butter wouldn't melt but behind closed doors she's an absolute madam and she scares me sometimes yeah well you're the closest person to her and she knows that you will always forgive her yeah and this trying to get her to school every day is becoming an absolute nightmare she just refuses to get up in the morning um and trying to deal with that you know and i'm worried about her education and what she's missing out on but then I'm worried of what she's having to go through at school because yeah. she she comes home in a state. So, you know, I, I can't force her to school. I can't physically force her. Um, and there's a part of me that feels really sorry for her and, and wants to keep her at home and to... Protect you know, her. Put, 
protector, but then there's a part of me that just wants to say to her, look, you've got to go, you know, you're going to mess up your education. It's, 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 it's hard, yeah. and, you know. So who's, uh, who's supporting you, Sally? Um, well, I've got Rob. Um, I've got my mum. Um, we've got a social worker now who's really, really nice. Oh, good. Um, Is there like a support group? You know, because I'm just thinking back to the only thing, the major crisis point in my life or, you know, the big mm-hmm. thing where I found myself in a situation where I couldn't read a book and get my way out of it was yeah. when, when I had my first child. And I joined mm-hmm. NCT and really, you know, the lessons were one thing, but and, and actually what it was was it sort of other parent dating agency um, yeah. in terms of I found a friend there. I found a few friends, but I've, one in particular who will be my friend until I'm an old woman. And mm. we talked about all sorts, right? And and it's like that moment where um, it, the crisis of the week we used to joke about would be, mm. you know, you were worried about, should my privates look like this? And who are you going to talk to about that? She was like a sister I could talk to. Yeah. And then two weeks later, you've forgotten about that because there's something else and you're talking about that. But you know, you ask someone who's had a baby um, a year ahead of you, they forget all that stuff. So yeah. I'm just wondering whether there's, like, someone going through the same thing you are that you could talk to. Um, not, that I, not that I'm aware of. I, I, I know my my aunt um, sort of went through the same with her daughter, my cousin. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, we don't talk. <laughs> Um, it's a bit we, of a stumbling block then, isn't it? Each other. We, we sort of, we really hate each other, but, you know, she's the only one that I know that's, that's gone Th- through. Gets it. Yeah. I'm wondering whether it's get... worth looking online and seeing if there's a, like, a, a group there. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've been to parenting groups and things like that, you know, but they, they sort of, they're very um, patronising and, and sort of they sit you down and they tell you things that you sort of, yeah, I know that, you yeah. know, and it's, but is that an expert talking to the parents or parents talking to parents? It's the expert. Yeah, I think the only, the only expert that I've ever been to was um, an expert for autism and he was absolutely fantastic and really sort of helped us. And he was the one that sort of pointed out to us that maybe our daughter, that, that Emily had autism. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> the parenting groups are just sort of, mm, they're just, I, I don't know, I, I don't really sort of, they're sort of stating the bleeding obvious, you know. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yes, I've got to go to a break. Hang on for me. I'll come back to you because right, you've been hanging okay. on a long time. Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you want to sneak in under the wire, we've got about. Oh. I'd say 12 minutes left, but it'll be less than that because, you know, Paul Ross will turn up and he'll be wanting to tell us all about his fantastic show, which, by the way, puts a lot of work into, Sally, unlike this hodgepodge. (laughs) Thanks for giving me a ring. It's nice to hear your voice. Oh, yeah, I I, I love phoning in. It's, um, yeah, the other half goes to bed and I'm on my own. And I say, yeah, I'll give Catherine. It's been a great show tonight. I've enjoyed it. It's always different. It got a bit quiet in the middle, but then that's when you earn your money, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. It's um, it's always nice to listen to you. So oh, thanks very much. That's really it's, kind of you. Um, yeah. I mean, I love Ian, but sometimes you know, it's you know, nice to just have you on your own, and it's a different, it's a completely different show. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. nice. I, I seem to find myself talking to you a lot more sort of deeper than I do with Ian. Funny that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Funny that. Anyway, in the words of Martin Sweetheart, you're going anywhere nice this year. 
Um, well, I was supposed to be going to Belfast, <laughs> but um, um, no, <laughs> I don't think so. It's probably off that um, trip, is it? Uh, um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's that's completely off. That, that I was going to say that's um, one I'm glad that actually got away. Yeah. To be quite honest. Yeah. 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 I've suddenly, suddenly come to the conclusion that well, hang on a minute. You know, you were a little bit of a sod. And you didn't treat me very well, so, you know, bye. Yeah, do you know what? It's all learning stuff. And, um, yeah. And sometimes it, it bloody hurts and it's embarrassing. Yeah. I, I had this relationship once where it was, you know, everyone else knew it was over before I did and yeah. um, it kind of happened very abruptly for me and um, I made out that I wasn't bothered and never asked any questions about it and then spent about a year trying to work out what had happened. Yeah. And then when you do, you go... Ah, do you know what? I could have done with having that conversation, spending 10 minutes and realising that I was better off out of it back then. But, you know, yeah. for pride's sake, yeah. for pride's sake, I uh, decided to act like I wasn't bothered. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I'd, he'd, uh, I mean, I'd like to have, you know, 10 minutes just to sort of say, you know, yeah. you know, was it, was it something or was it just a bit of fun, you know, or whatever. But um, he's he's got a couple of Twitter accounts that he's set up that I know check up on me from time to time. So if he, you know, if that's what he wants to do, then yeah. fine. But, you know, I'm all right without him. Do you know what? If, so, he's, a, if he's a messer then, he'll be a messer in the future and probably exactly. better off that you know about it before you, you know, put all your eggs in one basket. Exactly. Uh, a, so, um, a dodgy basket with a hole in it. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it, it was a very good-looking dodgy basket. But <laughs> Well, they always are. They always are. It helps you overlook things. Yeah, I know. So anyway, but yeah, that that's all that's all over. But no, apart from that, I don't think so. I might might take the kids to the seaside for a weekend or something. Yeah. But yeah, I know no, we, we were talking really. earlier on, and I, I, my uh, weekend in uh, Yorkshire sound probably sounded pretty tragic, but it was brilliant. I used to live in Yorkshire, so it was gorgeous. We're in the Dales in the middle of nowhere, and it was yeah, just it was us. Nice. And the kids in the kids really just enjoy spending time with you. I really don't. Th- although this yeah. year they've said they'd like to go somewhere hot and sunny, but normally it's just they want to hang out with you, and whatever you're doing with them is good enough. Oh, my two just want to get away from me. Well, this they is it. I think yours are a bit older. Yours are a bit older. Yeah. They won't want anything yeah. to do with. I mean, God, yeah. That's another thing yeah. that my kids are at an age where it's all about mummy, but it won't last. Yeah. So, yeah, but um, apart from that, you know, I don't think I've got anywhere, no, just maybe a couple of days down in Bournemouth or something. Oh, bliss. Yeah. You'll make it work. Uh, You'll make it work. I will. I will. Listen, I'm going to have to go, but I will yep. speak to you maybe tomorrow. Yeah, all right then. You know where I'll be. Oh, yeah, if I you, know. I'll give you a call later. If you fancy a chat. <laughs> See you later. Thanks, Sally. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hey, Simon. Hi, Cal. How are you doing? I'm all right. Thanks. How are you? None of your business. Thanks. I was actually yeah. interested then, Sorry. but now you can I show that. Yeah, that's reply. Yeah, that's reply. <laughs> what you're going to get. Yeah, so, um, what have you, what have you got? Your film critic, film critic hat on. Please. Yeah, go on. Have you seen Fisherman's Friend? No, I don't fancy it. Don't you? Right. I was sort of considering going this week. I was wondering if you've seen it. No, I haven't. I'll tell you what I've seen. I've seen Us. Right. And it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, and it was brilliant. Okay. What's, why don't you fancy Fisherman's Friend out of interest? Just the story? Because it looks it? like one of those kind of made-for-TV films to me. I'm probably wrong and I'm being awful, but it looks like the sort of thing you'd watch on BBC Two on a Sunday afternoon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, it's probably yeah. unfair. 
I think I quite like the British type made film like Sunshine on Leith I really enjoyed. All oh, right. Um, Pride I quite enjoyed as well. Mm -hmm. the, the English made um, film based on true story of you know what I mean sort of thing. I think that's the thing. I think yeah, that, I think I will give it a go. But. Yeah, let me know how it goes because I'm I'm very fickle and uh, could be persuaded to uh, give it a chance. I think the okay. last British film of that kind I've yeah. saw and loved was The Lady in the Van. Have you seen that? I've loved that. I'll oh. tell you the one I love similar. It's the one about the busker with the cat. Oh, God, street cat named Bob. Yeah, whatever happened to him? Because you thought his career was going to take off, but it didn't, did it? it I have no idea. Nervous. We were supposed to go... And, we went to... Ian and I went to a screening, and we were supposed to be seeing the Frank Zappa film, and we got put in a street cat named Bob by accident and had to <laughs> flee halfway through when we realised it was nothing to do with Zappa. I mean, we oh. recognised it pretty early on when they're looking at Covent Garden and there was a cat involved. And, 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 yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's a clue. Yeah, a little bit of a clue, but there you go. All right, Kath, I'll let you get on. All right. Thank you very much, Thank Simon. You. See you. Bye. Bye. Oh, sorry, Simon, I haven't seen Fisherman's Friends. Really don't fancy it. Paul, come in. Why are you being shy? Get your sweet patootie in here. <laughs> it's Paul Ross. Good morning. Show sounding great. Well, it's different. You know, I have to just, like, acknowledge the fact that it's just different. Well, you know. Maybe less shouty, but tomorrow I'll Better, unleash, better I'd have I'll said, unleash the that's beast. Just me. That's just me, I'd have said. <laughs> oh, thank um, you. Listen, on our show, we've got a guy who sounds like a bona fide superhero. Oh, really? He was in the papers yesterday. The team's tracked him down. He set a new world record for um, free ice diving. Him and his team dug through a two metres of snow... Got an electric saw through the ice in Norway. Mm -hmm. He dove down with no breathing equipment, 70 metres. This man can hold his breath for eight minutes. Wow. Astonishing. So I'm looking forward to that. A great guy. And also we've got... Uh, actually, he's been on the... He used to do the breakfast show when I was when He came and did the papers. He's one of the country's leading criminal barristers, a guy called Jeremy Dean. Right. And he's on a little BBC One... Not a little show, that's patronising. A BBC One daytime show at the moment. It's wasted in the morning. It's 9.15, folks, if you want to go onto our iPlayer or series record. It's called Murder Mystery of My Family. All right. He's a criminal defence barrister... He's up against the prosecution barrister, and they examine cold, and I say freezing cold cases. And he's coming on to talk. It's on tomorrow morning, but he's talking about the one on Wednesday morning about this poor woman called Sally Chesham from Essex in 1851. She was hanged for the murder of her husband, her two, two of her sons, so three sons were left orphaned, and a neighbour's child. She was known as Sally Arsenic, but now they think she was completely innocent. And you imagine, and what they do on the programme is they track down her descendants. Right. And of course, it's a bit like. Who do you think you are? But with you know an ancestor has been absolutely, effectively murdered by the state. So we're hearing about that as well. Something to cheer everybody up. What a delightful. Sally, because there was, a, there was apparently a poisoning hysteria in mid-Victorian times. And uh, Sally was hanged on March the 25th, 1851. The day before, March the 24th, fact, they passed a law which made it illegal for women to buy or even possess arsenic. Right. There was such hysteria about poisoning. And people used arsenic for killing rats. It was used in all kinds of agricultural Didn't processes. Didn't they use it as medical, like, for medical reasons in small doses? Well, they used it also, it was originally, like, with lead, they used to put it in tiny bits of makeup mm -hmm. as well, bizarrely. So people would have it in their system. And, of course, their uh, forensics were so primitive then that, you know, this, this woman's husband, it seems, died of stomach cancer. My God. But, in fact, so she's not only lost two children three years before him, a neighbour's child dies, and she was said to have taken the child a milk pudding or something, 
her old man dies and she ends up being publicly hanged for something she probably did not do. Incredible. So a very jolly story on the show, but I'm looking forward to the programme tonight. We're also going to be talking, uh, we've got our usual kind of political roundup of Brexit, but with Paul Conyu, who's a kind of player on all this, so that should be interesting as well. Wonderful stuff. Thank you very much. Paul is up next. Do, do not miss it. He puts in a lot of work. Well, the team do. And it's well worth it. Uh, that's, me done for the, that's me done for tonight. I'll see you tomorrow, same time, 10 till 1 here on Talk Radio. Have a good evening and make sure you spend it with Paul Ross. Talk Radio. Digital debate for the UK. Pick up your phone and talk radio. We'll get you talking.